I'm Paula Jenkins, a transformative life coach and podcaster. Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy, a podcast that talks about the stories of people following their hearts, finding work that lights them up, and looking at how joy plays a part in their journey. To learn more about this podcast or to find out more about me, just head on over to the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com. Hello and welcome to episode 29 of Jumpstart Your Joy. Coming up in just a little bit will be the interview with Emily Wapnick of Putty Like. First though, I want to give a big welcome to all of the new listeners. I am so glad that you've joined us today. To get a hold of the show notes and check out past episodes, you can go over to the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com slash puttylike, P-U-T-T-Y-L-I-K-E. And there you'll find all of the information that Emily shares along with links to her site and the TED Talk that she mentions. I've also created a podcast archives area, which you can reach by going to the top navigation on jumpstartyourjoy.com. You'll see podcasts. And from there, there's a drop down that says podcast archives. If you want to look at past episodes. If you like what you hear today and you haven't yet subscribed via iTunes or Stitcher, I encourage you to do so. And if you are already at iTunes, would you please leave a review as it helps other people find this podcast? So thank you to all of you who have already left such a loving review. I love reading what you guys have said. I have some super exciting news on some upcoming courses that I'll be offering starting in April. I asked for your feedback in the last volume of the Joy Chronicles, which is my weekly note that goes out on Wednesdays, and you can sign up for that over on the website. Listeners told me that you'd like to find ways to bring balance into your life. I've already started work on a Balance and Harmony in Your Life course, which will come out in May or June. Also, I've been licensed to run the Your Courageous Purpose course, which was originally put together by Kate Courageous, and I'll be running a beta for that starting in April. And so who's the Your Courageous Purpose course for? People who are at the crossroads of a big life change, so maybe a divorce if you've just become a mother, if you're changing careers, and you feel that clarifying your life purpose would give your life more meaning or lead to a happier life. If you want to live with more intention in your day-to-day, feel more confident in your decision-making process, and stop feeling stuck in doubt and hesitation. So if that sounds like something that resonates with you and you would like to sign up or be considered for the free beta of this course, head on over to the site and sign up for the Joy Chronicles on the sidebar at the website, and you'll get all of the information about the free beta in next week's email. This week, I'm talking with Emily Wapnick of Putty Like. She's a self-proclaimed multi-potentialite, which she defines as someone who has many interests, but doesn't identify with what others may call one true calling in life. In other words, multi-potentialites are the kinds of people that identify and are drawn to many different interests. So in her own words, there's something that draws me to each of my interests, and it's not excellence. I have no interest in committing to one thing forever. Once I no longer feel inspired in a field, I simply move on. Some people call this quitting. I call it growth. Super fun to talk to Emily because I also self-identify as being a multi-potentialite or a multi-pod, as you will hear us refer to it. And it was great speaking to her about how multi-pods can harness their own abilities for greater good and how to embrace being what is we also call a scanner if you also identify with that as your personality type. So thank you so much for listening and on to the show with Emily Wapnick. 
Welcome to the show, Emily. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. So glad you could make it. Let's see. What did you love most as a child or in school? What were your early sparks of joy? So many things. Which <laughs> 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 is sort of the point. Yeah. <laughs> I was always concocting weird <laughs> projects and I was very involved in the arts and, you know, I drew a lot as a kid and painted and played music. I played the violin growing up and my mom, both my parents are pretty musical, so they would take me to a lot of cultural events and, you know, things like that. And then I was also like really into gymnastics back when I was little. And, but I just remember like always inventing these weird projects. Like a friend and I started a fortune telling business in the park. I think we were, I don't know, actually know if it was a business. I don't think there was any money involved, but we would like tell people's fortunes and we made these little boxes out of origami and put candy in them. And so things like that. And then there was one time where I orchestrated a gymnastics show in the park and then there were like plays. And there were like neighborhood newspapers. I always just remember like inventing these weird little things. <laughs> I love it. It's, just, it's totally reminding me of how my, like there were four of us and we started our own radio show that we, we would record. On, yeah. You know, like a Fisher Price tape recorder. Yeah. That so. sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> well, and so would you like to tell us a little bit about what you do now? Sure. So I run a website called Putty Like which is a community for multi-potentialites, which are people with many interests and creative pursuits. So basically our philosophy is that you don't have to choose one thing to be about. You don't have to just do one thing with your life. You can find ways of integrating your many passions into your life, and you can have this kind of dynamic, multifaceted career and life. So yeah, I, I blog about career stuff, work stuff, productivity, you know, kind of some mental health issues, self-esteem, any kind of issues that multi-potentialites might face. And we've got a membership site for people who want to go a little bit deeper and get a little bit more support. I write some eBooks. I'm working on a real book, right? like a traditionally published book right now. I do some coaching. I do some speaking. Yeah, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I love it. And it's funny how often multi-potentialites and multi-passionate, whatever, renaissance soul, the many words yeah. for it, but how it comes up so often on this show, probably because I am one, I'm very drawn to speaking to other people that have you know, the and in their career <laughs> instead of an or, yep. as our other friend Michelle Ward would like to say. Mm -hmm. So it's a real treat to have you on and get to talk to you about all of this. <laughs> What were some of the main pain points you hit in trying to figure out what this thing is mm -hmm. and what you wanted to do, you know, when you grew up? I mean, I had no idea what was going on with me. I actually felt like there was something wrong with me for being unable to stick with anything because I just had this pattern where I would get really interested in something and I would think that I like found my thing and I guess be pretty good at it. And then I just like, you know, I'd start losing interest or I'd become really excited about something else, something very different. And I kept like kind of zigzagging about and I had no idea like how I was going to, you know, create or find a career that was sustainable or like not get bored. Right. Like I, I, I felt like I would either find something, it would be fun at first and then it would get boring and I'd stick with it. Or I would, and, and just like kind of be miserable, or <laughs> I would jump from thing to thing and it would be fun, but it would never be 
financially secure and I would, it would just, yeah, I don't know. So I worried a lot about those sorts of things. And then I think there was like a deeper concern that there is just like, like I didn't have that one true calling thing we're supposed to have. And that, Mm. I don't know that there was something wrong with me. Like I was afraid of commitment or I was like scattered or something. So I, I had a lot of these kinds of existential and more practical issues and concerns that kept coming up. Yeah, I can totally relate to that as well, especially the piece where it's like you get so excited about a topic and like you go really deep into it. And like, that's all that you're about for a little while. And then you're like, oh, I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) Right. (laughs) The people that that aren't also multi-potentialites don't get it. They're like, but I thought you were whatever it is. And you're like, no, I'm done with that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It can be confusing. And so how did you figure out how to kind of mold and use all those pieces and all those interests that you have and create something that is now a career and is sustainable and something that you can throw your heart into? So I was actually in law school and was pretty sure that I didn't want to become a lawyer. It just wasn't the life that I wanted for me. And so I ended up taking this music policy class, which was not your typical law class. We had to create a project, like a business plan, basically, that challenged the mainstream music industry. And so we got into these groups and it was like an interdisciplinary class. So there were music students, law students, business students and art students. And we were in this group and we had to come up with a business idea. And that was my first exposure to entrepreneurship. And so I was thinking like, okay, like I don't think the law thing's for me, but maybe I'll start a business when I graduate. So I took a business class and of course in the second module they have you choose a niche, which I couldn't do. <laughs> so yeah, I was like making all these lists of different things I was interested in, but I like didn't I was like that sounds like fun, but I don't want to just do a business around just that thing. So eventually I was like racking my brain and I was like, what if like not choosing was my thing? You know, because I've I've lived this way my whole life. I've made it work. I've done freelancing and jobs here and there. And like, what if I stop fighting this thing inside of me and I embrace it and I try and find a way to make it work for me? And so I started blogging about that and I started meeting other multi-potentialites, though I didn't have that word at the time, who were more successful than me, who had really thriving careers and just learning from them and refining my ideas and just sharing what I was learning. And that was, you know, five years and a bit ago. So, (laughs) so awesome. Did the tribe and the folks, did the resonance start quickly or did it take a while for people to find you and say, yeah, that sounds like me? Well, there were definitely people right away who were like, yep, like I didn't know there was (laughs) anyone else out there like this, but that's awesome. But in terms of community growth, it was a slow, steady growth for the first five years, I'd say. And I mean, definitely like my community is super engaged and just it's such a it's such a personal thing. And I think a lot of people in the community just never really felt like they fit in anywhere. Like I completely relate to that. And, you know, every time I was involved with something, I like I had friends, but everyone was a little bit more into it. It was like more part of their identity. And I was always like, eh, I've got these other things that I'm into, you know. So <laughs> so it's a lot of people who like haven't really found a place where they fit yet. And suddenly here it is like putty, like multi-potentialites, other people like me. It's awesome. So people are really enthusiastic and really fantastic. I I love my community. They're super (laughs) cool. And yeah, so kind of slow, steady growth. And then I did a TED talk last year 
Um, that got featured on TED. It was a TEDx talk. It got featured on TED.com at the beginning of October. And then it was just like insane. And the community kind of doubled in size. And it oh, was wow. amazing, a little overwhelming, but it's been great. So. Wow. Yeah. And it is it is a great talk. I'll link it up in the notes. Thanks. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> I found you before that. But I think even I mentioned in the notes back and forth, just like I didn't even really think of why being a project manager was such a great fit for me for a while. And I think it was because I was the multipod. And you mentioned this in the talk that was paired with specialists. Mm-hmm. And there's that nice synergy that happens because then I can go do my thing and be involved with lots of different stuff. And they can take on the heavy lifting of the specialty piece. And then we're yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. So, yeah. So if you think you might be a multi-potentialite, go listen to the TED Talk. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> kind of getting into that, have you seen other career paths that seem to be a good match? If it's not so much that someone can craft a career out of not having to choose. Yeah. So this is what my new book is about. It's about, you know, <laughs> career friendly or I guess multi-potentialite friendly careers. And I interviewed dozens of people who are both financially successful and happy. And I wanted to know like how, how they did it, how they made a living. Everyone did different things. So at first it was just like all over the place. And I was like, how am I going to make sense of this? But I managed to come up with these four commonly used work models, which I can go through if you think it'll be helpful. Sure. I think that'd be totally, that'd be awesome. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) A little preview of, of the book, I guess. So the first one is what I call the group hug approach. And this is like, if you imagine all of your interests coming together in a big group hug. So it's probably your project manager job, right? It's like a job that will allow you to do many different things and wear many different hats. Often it's at a smaller company or a startup, but not always. Sometimes, you know, it's like sometimes there is a forward thinking larger company, but yeah, or, or running a business that allows you to do many different things and is kind of a little bit more broad than just like a very narrow niche business. And the second commonly used work model is the slash approach. And this is where you're not combining your interests. You're keeping them separate and distinct. And you've got like two or more very separate jobs or businesses or like this is the person who is a part-time teacher, part-time yoga instructor, they sell their art, they do a little bit of graphic design, you know, these these very different things that they just have going on in their life. They're not necessarily blending them, but they're very happy just like moving between these radically different revenue streams. And then there's the the Einstein approach. I call it that because Albert Einstein worked at the patent office, which was like this He's basically employed by the government. So it was this very stable day job, paid the bills, but it left him with enough free time and creative energy to pursue his theories on the side. So this is like you have a day job that you enjoy well enough and you explore all of your other interests on the side. And of course, this only works if your job isn't totally draining, right? Like then you, they're not going to have that extra time. But mm-hmm. this works really well for some people. Some people really like the security. I interviewed this guy Charlie, who he works in IT and then he'll like leave the office at 5 p.m. and go to like musical theater practice or like he built a boat on the weekends, you know, like that sort of thing. He's just got like a lot of different hobbies and he gets to experience all of his different interests that way. Not necessarily making money from them, but that's okay because he he gets still gets enough money and he's got that overall sense of variety in his life. And then there's the sequential approach. And this is someone who will dive really deep into one career for a number of years. And then they'll switch gears and they'll dive into a whole other career and start something up in a completely different field. 
often kind of building things up on the side while they're still in that first career just to make the transition a bit smoother. That seems to be what people typically do. You know, these are four work models, but people will often, they're often hybrids, often kind of pick and choose, or there'll be one for a while and they'll shift to another one. So I never like to tell multi-potentialists to like pick something because <laughs> that's, yeah. that's not going to work. So yeah, I always tell people like pick and choose, you know, take things from different models, whatever works for you. But these are some of the ways that other multipods have made it work. That's awesome. Yeah, it's so funny because I mean, two thoughts there, like I could see a the multipod being like, no, I can't choose. <laughs> like panic zone. Yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm a one and a three and a four. And it depends yeah, on the end of the year. Totally. Yeah. It depends on the year. It depends on how you look at it. But I still find them to be helpful just to kind of give you some ideas. Because otherwise it's like, it's like the Wild West. I mean, there's no like method. It's hard to find a career counselor yeah. who's going to help you devise a career that has a lot of variety in it. Like that's just not really how they're trained, I think. Usually it's like, let's take a look at your skills and interests and whittle it down to like one or two career ideas. <laughs> yes. The immediate reaction of general thought is go one way, go into a niche that fits you. And then it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think it really comes from the culture. Like we just, we're so used to hearing that message it's been passed down to us since we were like five years old with the whole like, what do you want to be when you grow up thing? Mm-hmm. Just this idea that like the only way to be successful is to like find a niche or to like just do one thing. And it's just not true. I mean, there are so many multi-potential people who are like doing many things, doing them really well and are very successful, like really prominent figures in our culture who are doing a lot of different things. I mean, like, you know, people like Oprah Winfrey and Richard Branson and James Franco and like like a lot of big names do a lot of different things. And we don't really think about it that way. But and then like a lot of people in our community is just like regular people also have found ways of making it work. So I think this whole specialization thing, it like it works for some people, but it, it doesn't work for everybody. And that's OK. Yeah. Well, and it is hard because I feel like there is such pressure to find the niche that works. But then. I don't know. I love that your message is so very different than that, too. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for preaching it. Preaching the truth. I know one of the things that used to freak me out a little bit was that, like, I would have so many ideas in my head. And then I'd be, (laughs) this is a funny one, but, like, I'd be afraid I would lose them and not ever be able to get to them. I don't know if you find that to be, like, a common thing with multipods. And if so, what would be your advice be to someone who's like, yeah, I can't just pick. And it's freaking me out that I might lose these ideas. Yeah. I mean, I think having like a healthy back burner list is a good idea or even like a document somewhere where you just like jot down all of your cool ideas. And I think it's like a matter of knowing what the right number is for you. So like maybe you're someone who does well with like four projects in your life, four like main things. And then when one of those kind of comes to an end or you get bored with it, then you can look at your back burner list and be like, okay, what sounds like fun right now? Let me see if I can bring it in. I also encourage people to, let's say you become fascinated by something totally new, but you're already like really busy working on your other projects. You can like set a timer for 40 minutes and just like let yourself go down the rabbit hole and just like let yourself tinker with that thing. Because I think that, you know, you don't want to, we can often resent the projects we're working on because we're not letting ourselves explore. So just like giving yourself a little bit of time to like have some fun and play around with something else and not just be so serious and so focused all the time. I think that can go a long way and also like improve the work that you're focused on, I think. 
Yeah, because there's something really magical that happens mm-hmm. when you start to put it on paper or like draw it out or whatever your creative outlet is. Because maybe that thing, I mean, at least for me, I've found that the thing might need a little time for it to like figure itself out as well. Mm-hmm. Like you might, I don't know, like one time I was looking up, I don't know, doll bedding because I'm somewhat obsessed with that. <laughs> I don't know where that's going, but you know, <laughs> so I just wrote it down and drew some pictures. Now I can move on. Like, it's good. <laughs> oh, the doll better. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, this one. In a recent blog post, just this last week, you talked about how you've swapped out your smartphone for a dumb one. Mm-hmm. It sounds like there's been like a lot of, you've gotten like kind of a, a whole amazing amount of learnings out of this decision. Do you want to talk about like what led to that decision and like what you've gotten out of it so far? Sure. I was feeling really overwhelmed and distracted and just not very present in my life. And just like this feeling like of always having to check like, oh, is anything new happen on Facebook? Like, <laughs> did I get any emails? I I checked five minutes ago, but I, like, I just felt like kind of addicted. I think it's a pretty common state right now, but I was really trying, like I was experiencing a lot of anxiety and that's something I've been working on for a few years now. And I just felt like at the beginning of this year, like I've been thinking about it for a while. What if I get rid of the smartphone. I didn't totally get rid of it. It doesn't have service. So I I use it for my meditation app, Headspace. That's the only Mm -hmm. reason, that's the only time I use it. Otherwise, it's in a drawer. But yeah, being out and about and like not checking my phone, not having that thing that I can rely on if I'm like feeling awkward or whatever, like actually just being present (laughs) has been really good for me. And not spending like, I don't think it's quite maybe like over the course of a day hours, like scrolling through Facebook, like just seeing people's annoying statuses. (laughs) Like, I don't know. It's been good for my mental health. I feel like I can focus a little bit better and I just, I feel happier. And it's also made me a little bit more picky about, the other things in my life, I've just started being a little bit more intentional. And I wrote about like how I'm working on saying no. So yeah, so I've just been like saying no to things that I'm not super excited about and things that are kind of taking me away from like my real work that adds something to my life in a meaningful way. So yeah, I don't, I don't know if I answered your question, but it's, <laughs> oh, totally. yeah. it's a yeah, cool experiment. Yeah, well, and I think I have, you know, I have this, I don't know, because mine sits right by my bed when I sleep. It's my alarm clock. It's everything. And I know the first thing I do when yep. I wake up, and sometimes even in the middle of the night, I find myself checking email. And I'm like, what is this? So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that there are actual studies that show that, you know, your brain kind of like when you get a ding because you got a message, like your brain kind of releases some dopamine or something. There's there's some chemical stuff going on in the brain. Yeah. So. I applaud your decision. <laughs> that sounds awesome. I know in the comments of that same blog post, which I'll link up, some folks were mentioning that they feel like fear of missing out or FOMO comes into play, and that's why they're keeping their smartphones. Do you think that are multipods more, are we more in tune to fear of missing out kind of things, or is that, you think it's pretty much the same as the rest of the population? I don't know. I mean, we're really curious about a lot of different things, so I understand wanting to explore and like dive into stuff and research. I I understand that impulse. I don't know if we have the FOMO thing more than most people, but like I heard Aziz Ansari talking about this on, on a podcast on Freakonomics, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was like, if someone printed out everything that happens on your Facebook feed and gave it to you in a binder at the end of the day, like, would you read that? You would not read that. (laughs) 
like that well. <laughs> like I found that actually giving it up, like I don't really feel like I'm missing things. And like, you know, my partner Valerie, she's still doing the Facebook thing, so she'll let me know if something important happens. Yeah. I find it disturbing that sometimes I get news off of Facebook instead of a news source. I don't know. For some reason it feels like it's crossed the line. So yeah. <laughs> So you, it looks like you're opening up the Putty Tribe again in March or in the very near future. Yeah, Tuesday, I think. Woohoo! Yeah. What is the tribe all about and how long does membership stay open? So the Putty Tribe is a small community. Well, small is relative. There's about 350 multi-potentialites in there from around the world. And there's a very active forum. We've got workshops. We've got group brainstorms. We call them huddles, which are take place on Google Hangouts and there's just like, you know, eight of us in a room usually and we'll go around and people will talk about different projects they're working on and any place where they feel stuck and we'll try and brainstorm and help everyone make a bit of progress, get through some of their hangups. We, yeah, we have member led workshops. We're doing a multi-potentialite mixer, I think next weekend, but that might become a regular thing. There's some co-working huddles that happen or people just open a Google Hangout and they, they see each other and they they all kind of work on their own stuff and you see other people working and it's very motivating. But like, yeah, a lot of support, really interesting, really smart people who can, you know, give you advice who like understand the multi-potentialite thing and aren't going to press you to do one thing or are going to understand when you change directions. So yeah, it's just like a really tight-knit and awesome group. And we open the doors to new members new members join once a month because we like, well, for, for a couple of reasons. One is that we don't want our existing members to feel overwhelmed, like with new faces popping in all the time, because people do share a lot of personal stuff in there. And then the other reason is just because we like to welcome everyone, like our team, and we like to make sure everyone's getting the support they need. And it would be a little bit hard to keep track of things if it was just open all the time. So that's why we do that. You wrote a book called Renaissance Business, where you help multipotentialites create a business that works with their strengths. Do you want to explain a little bit how that works or a little bit more about the book? Sure. So the typical business advice is to choose a niche and to create a business around something really neat specific. And Renaissance business is kind of the opposite of that. It's sort of like, let's look at all of your interests and passions and come up with a business that allows you to combine several of them. And let's figure out how to do it cohesively. So there are a lot of exercises in the guide that kind of help come up with a, an overarching theme or umbrella theme. There's something that makes it all make sense and helps you figure out like what your different interests have in common and who you might be able to help with your unique mishmash of, of skills. Have you gotten a lot of feedback about multipods that have gone for this kind of a business setup and what do they feel about it once they've read about this being a thing that they could do? Yeah, I get lots of great feedback, which is really nice. And, you know, a lot of people went through the kind of the conventional process where they were like, oh, I hired a business coach. I read all these books and like none of it, it wasn't working for me. My coach like got mad at me because I kept wanting to change directions. Like, and then I found your book and it really helped me kind of come up with something that was more me and allowed me to do more different things, but also like have it, you know, make sense and, and attract customers and be profitable and those sorts of things. So yeah, it's, I, you know, so it was really nice getting nice feedback. <laughs> So you've been working with Putty like for about, is it five years now? Yeah, um, five and a half years almost. 
and it's grown and changed to some extent. What would you say is next for you or for Putty Lake? Well, like I mentioned, I'm working on a book right now. And so that's going to be out next spring, spring 2017. And HarperCollins is publishing that. That's pretty exciting. And I mean, I think I'm, I'm like dedicating most of my year to that. But I'm also like got a few bigger speaking engagements coming up and I'm getting married in August. So I feel like this year is pretty packed. I don't think yeah. we're going to be, we've got, we've got some t-shirts coming out really soon, some multi-potentialite t-shirts, but yeah, I don't think there's going to be a ton of extra. I hope, I hope there won't be a ton of extra stuff because it's already uh, quite a bit, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I would say the writing the book is like my primary focus right now. That's so exciting. Yeah. Congrats on that and on your upcoming wedding. That's wonderful. Thank you. What do you think would surprise people about your role with Putty Like or as a multipod? I feel like sometimes people are surprised that like that I don't do more things (laughs) so I've found that there's a spectrum right of like sequential multi-potentialites to simultaneous multi-potentialites and on the sequential side you've got someone who does one thing for a while and then switches and does another thing and switches and does another thing and then on the simultaneous side you've got one person who's doing 20 things at once and I think it's sort of a spectrum so you can be anywhere along that spectrum and right now anyway I'm close to, I'm really closer to the sequential side of things so I do tend to like dive into something for like a few years and then shift but like within that even though I'm just doing like putty like right now there's like a ton of things going on within putty like it's like pretty it's pretty much a group hug thing <laughs> yeah project career whatever but yeah I sometimes people are like oh you so what does your day look like? You must have like a lot of different. And then I'm like, oh, I mean, <laughs> I like go to a coffee shop and do my work and go for hikes with my dog sometimes. But, like it's, it doesn't sound that exciting. So maybe that's something people are surprised about. <laughs> it just goes to show that yeah, like but- there's no one way to be a multi-potentialite. And, and that's something I try and get across. Like people, I mean, multipods have such imposter syndrome and so many issues around that that even when they find out they're a multi-potentialite they're like often they're like oh am I really a multi-potentialite maybe I'm just lazy and like scattered and like (laughs) so yeah there's no one way to be a multipod. That's interesting that you bring up the imposter syndrome do you find that multipods have more of that just because we tend to get so excited and then maybe only stay with something for a while? Yeah I do I I think we deal with that a lot and also because when you dive into something, you're usually surrounded by people who, for whom that's like their thing. And you mm-hmm. might feel like a bit of an outsider. Or, and so it's definitely, it's definitely easy to feel the imposter syndrome. But I also feel like if you don't ever feel imposter syndrome, like maybe you're an imposter. Like <laughs> I feel like most awesome people who do good work feel imposter syndrome or have it at one point. Yeah, I agree. I like that take on it, too. Because it means you're getting really close to either the thing you you should be doing or really close to maybe something that really you're not that interested in. Yeah. Is there anything else you would like to add before we get into the last couple questions? I guess I would just say, like, if you think that you might be a multi-potentialite, I really feel like it's important to embrace it because not just because it'll make you happier, but also like multipods are like we're innovators. You know, we do things differently. We combine different fields in unique ways and create novel things and solve complex multifaceted problems. And I think it's, it's really, we can't do that if we're not 
being who we are. So that's kind of the deeper part of my mission, I guess. It's, you know, I want everyone to be happy and to have a lot of fun and to live a rich life. But I really think that we all benefit when multi-potentialites embrace it. Yeah, I really like that as an insight as well. What would your message be to people who are not multi-potentialites, but know that they probably work with a few people that are? Like being patient and understanding and not giving them a hard time when they want to change directions. That goes a long way. (laughs) Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe just being aware that they're out there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, they're out there and they're different than you, but that there isn't one way that's better than the other. And yeah, multi-potentialists and specialists do make great teams, like Mm -hmm. you mentioned. It's interesting to see the synergy when it happens, too. Like knowing like, oh, you got all that stuff. That's great. I'm just going to do this. (laughs) <laughs> this one thing here that I'm happy doing. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, and thank you so much for coming on the show. It's just, this has been a great conversation. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me. It's definitely been a lot of fun. So here's the last couple questions. If someone listening has a big dream about how they would like to make a change in the world, what advice would you give them about bringing their dream into action? I think support is a big deal. So if you can get some people in your life start a mastermind group or something. But I I just feel like having some other people around who are also going for big things, who can support you, help you out with advice, hold you accountable, like those sorts of things. I really feel like a supportive group or community. Yeah, I like that a lot. And then last, and of course, most joyfully, what are three ways you can think of to jumpstart joy in your life, in the world, or in other people's lives? I always feel joy when I'm like in the flow. So if you can become aware of things that kind of get you into that state where like time disappears or like time flies and or stands still and you kind of like look up an hour later and you're like, whoa, you know, you're just just, like you and whatever you're working on. Like to me, that's joy. So, yeah, I guess just like identifying those things or not even the specific medium, but like what about them do you enjoy? I mean, I really like writing right now, but I don't know if it's so much the medium of writing the written word as it is like expressing my ideas, which could be done in other media as well. I don't know, but I just or, you know, like sometimes like going for a hike can't be in that state as well. So getting into the flow, can that be my three answers? I don't (laughs) know. I think that works. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Emily. This has just been wonderful. (laughs) Thanks so much. Thank you guys so much for listening. And thank you to Emily for the great interview. If you want to review the show notes, just head over to jumpstartyourjoy.com slash puttylike, P-U-T-T-Y-L-I-K-E. Or you could head over to Emily's site at puttylike.com and get more information on her community and see her TED Talk, which I highly recommend. And I will link to all of that on my site as well. Now, if you're looking to follow your dreams and want to find a coach to help you do that, either in starting your own business or you want to break through feeling stuck in your own life, my new full-time gig is as a life coach. And I love working with women, especially multi-potentialite women, who want to feel like they are living in what I call their no-toggle zone which simply means living a fully authentic life 
and people that want to feel enraptured, which is my own word for the year. It just means feeling giddy delight over whatever it is that you want to do. If you want to learn more about working with me, and I would love to work with you, just head over to the site. Under the coaching tab, there is a link to a free 30-minute introductory call. Follow the link there and you, you get right to my calendar. I'd love, love, love to talk to you. Next week on the podcast, I have an interview with a Jordana Jaffe, and she is a Facebook group strategist. She has created super engaged Facebook groups as a way to interact with potential clients and as an introvert runs a cozy and ease-filled business from her own home. If you enjoyed the conversation last week with Diane Pauly, which is episode 28, I would think that you could pair that amazing conversation with the information that Jordana has to say to create a super powerful basis for growing your own client base. So come on back and take a listen to Jordana in episode episode 30. I can't believe we're at 30. (laughs) So until then, may your days be filled with so much joy. 